Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. It's All Saints Day. That means it's a solemnity. It's a holy day of obligation. So plan your day accordingly. When and where are you going to go to Mass today? It's important. Uh, Well, it's a duty. (laughs) It's important. What is important for us to do today, and what I'm going to be doing on Sound Insight, is reflecting on the gift of the saints for your life today. The gift of the saints, and maybe some specific saints for your life today. Oh, I'm excited to see whom God shows to us. Back in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, gracious God, I thank you and praise you for raising up saints, men and women who pursued you with vigor, with courage, with heroism, true champions of the faith. I ask, Lord, that you would give us the grace today to learn from them, be inspired by them, and grow in our communion and our connection with the saints. Lord, help us to appreciate in a whole new way the gift that you have given to us in giving us the saints. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Contrary to some Protestants' opinions, we do not worship the saints. Today that that we have a, a day on our liturgical calendar when we call attention to the saints, these are those champions who have run the race, fought the good fight, and came out victorious, victorious over sin, over death, in their own lives, and in the situations that God has Uh, that God planted them in. And they are for us shining examples of heroic virtue, of teaching whom we can look to for inspiration, encouragement, and nourishment, and whose example can stir in us the desire to live a noble life, a worthy life, a godly life, a magnificent life, a life that honors God, a life in which God's own life, God's own presence, God's own holiness has a doorway, a portal into this world. Woe. God's holiness, God's very life shining forth through your life. That's what the saints get excited about. And that's what your saints get excited about. Whoa, I just said something there. Your saints. I don't mean the saints that belong to you, but how about the saints that have been given to you, that have been assigned to you, that are connected to your life? Have you given thought to that? 
Have you ever pondered that idea? Theologically, in the end, there is uh, there are two realities. There are only two realities uh, in our life of faith. There's the Blessed Trinity, the mystery of the Blessed Trinity, and the mystery of the communion of saints. That's what the church teaches. That's what theology, theological uh, theology, theological experts have pondered down through the ages is when we get to heaven, when uh, the universal judgment has been completed, there are only two mysteries that remain. The mystery of God in and of himself, the infinite, eternal, triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, this mysterious, perfect communion of persons in whose life we share, and there's the mystery of the communion that exists among those who share in God's life. We are creatures who have a created share in uncreated life. All right, now, what does that mean? Well, on the one hand, I said a whole bunch of words, and I can glimpse the meaning of those things, but obviously the ultimate meaning of those things only come to be unveiled to us in heaven. And even in heaven, they're not unveiled to us in a way that we have full comprehension. Full comprehension. We don't comprehend God. God is beyond our comprehension. When the uh, early and the early fathers of the church, when they identified certain attributes of God as primary, like what would be the ultimate attributes of the of of God. One was God was holy. That that that's that's the the quality of divinity. So that God is is perfect, infinitely divine and holy. Uh, the second is that he's almighty. That God is almighty, all powerful, can do all things. And the third is that God is ineffable. The ineffability of God. What does that mean? It means who God is, is beyond our capacity to bring to expression. God is beyond our capacity to bring to expression. We can't, God cannot be contained in an idea. Even the fundamental or first idea of all ideas is the idea of God. Because God is infinite and God cannot be contained in a concept. Okay, there you go. There's a bunch of philosophical theology for you there. Um, and so God has a quality of mystery, a quality not that he is hidden from us, that he is unknown to us, but that the revelation of God shows to us or manifests to us how big God is, and he fills our capacity to know him to overflowing. Okay, so that's God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But there's also the mystery of each other, the mystery of each other. And, and, and so the reality of heaven is also going to involve us, us connected together. Well, I hope you make it. <laughs> and I hope I make it. Actually, I hope everyone makes it. I do. But that's for a different show. However, I want you to stop and think about the mystery of the communion of persons, the capacity that we have as human beings to experience life-giving relationships together. That John Paul II, 
and this is a very simplistic way of saying it, describes as a communion of persons. The mystery of God is a infinite mystery of uncreated persons. That's perfect, etc., and eternal. Uh, but we, created in the image of God, are, are made for relationships, not only with God, but with each other. And isn't it a delight? Isn't it one of the greatest experiences we get of fulfillment in life when we are involved in relationships with other human beings? And then let's just even make it closer to home with our own family members in a way that brings life, in a way that brings light, in a way that brings joy, in a way that brings laughter, in a way that is harmonious, in a way that is glorious. Uh, Last night, Carrie and I were watching a movie together. Uh, She'd been complaining that we hadn't, we'd been so busy these last months that she and I years ago used to take time at the end of our day and maybe watch a show together and just enjoy each other's company in using a show to do that. And we haven't done that in a long time. And and part of it was we're busy, but part of it was it was easy for us to be separated. And I would watch my show on a laptop or on a phone and she would watch hers. And she's like, let's watch this together. Let's, let's experience this connection, this communion together. Well, as we were watching the movie, we had sent the kids to bed. It was a school night, and we could hear from the bedrooms. Uh, they have be- the three girls still at home have bedrooms near each other. They were just laughing and laughing, all three of them, giggling and laughing and and kind of shouting joyfully back and forth and teasing and and no and this and that and and it just was bubbling over this communion of persons, this mutual enjoyment, this giving and receiving, this openness to each other, this receiving each other, affirming each other, confirming each other. Those are all John Paul II words of identifying the way that life flows from communion together, having a sense of union together. And that's what we're made for. We're not made for stuff on this earth that's going to pass away. We're not made for even accomplishments on this earth that pass away. We're made for communion. We're made for union in love and truth that brings life with each other. That's what we're made for. When I think about the things that I get to do in my life, my goal so often that that which I'm striving to attain or accomplish or realize through what I'm doing is communion. Communing, that sense of connection that's rich, life-giving, that leads to flourishing. Like I think about the radio. I'm not just going through some content. I'm not just reading an outline. I'm not just talking about a topic. I'm talking to you. And even though I don't see you, like I don't know you, uh, Barbara and Bertha and, and Bobby and, and Susie and, uh, and Karen. and uh, like, I, I just named some names. And, and I wish I could name each of you, but I'm thinking of you. I do. I have you in my mind, in my mind's eye. I'm talking to you. And, and as I honestly, as I think about you, you dear, dear sweet brothers and sisters in Christ, dear sweet Catholic Christian brothers and sisters in Christ that are listening to my voice right now, whether you're radio, podcast, wherever you're listening to it, I just want you to know I love you. 
Like I have this love inside of me for the ones who are hearing my voice. And I, and that's not from me. It's from God. God has planted in me his love for you, his love for you. And I, I, I feel so privileged to be able to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, I want to be a vessel of communication. I'm talking into a microphone, but Lord, I want to be the microphone. I want to be the microphone. I want your voice to be heard. I want these dear, sweet brothers and sisters on All Saints Day to come to a new sense of light, a new insight to see into the meaning of this feast for their lives. And more than that, Father, you have saints, beautiful, dear champions who are in heaven, who see them, who see these sweet, dear brothers and sisters of mine that are in this world, and they are not alone. These dear ones, you dear ones, you're not alone. The saints behold you with the very love of God. They behold you with the sight that God provides. And they, he has connected you to them. Or maybe, maybe a better way of saying it, he's connected them to you. This is not a strange idea. This is not a foreign idea. It's where we're headed. It's where we're headed. We're headed towards a communion of all the saints. And it's like, you stop and say, like, what in the world are we going to do forever in heaven? Well, how many billions of angels and saints will there be? And how deep is the mystery of one human being? How deep is the mystery of just one of your family members? And those of you that are older, like me, you get this. It's like the longer you look with love and live with love and pour your life out in love for one of your beloved, one of your loved ones, it's not that who they are becomes exhausted. You've reached the bottom and there's nothing new. There's nothing fresh. There's nothing different. There's nothing more to discover. You've reached the bottom and you've, you've mapped out every little bit of who they are. No, it's the opposite. The more you live in love with these loved ones, the more mysterious they become, the more newness that there is. That's, it's a beautiful thing. It's it, not better than, it's glorious. There's something of God's own life that is made manifest. And each human being, even though they all share, we all share that same definition, human being. And so because of that, we belong to a class of creatures called human beings. It might seem like we're all just average. We're all just part of a crowd. But love, love doesn't see a crowd. Love sees an individual, a person. And that person created in the image of God, you heard me reflect on this last week, unique, precious, irrepeatable, unreplaceable. God manifesting something of who he is and his creative power, something of his truth and beauty and goodness are manifested in each and every human being. And you can know that in the ones that you love as you grow in your relationship with them, it doesn't get exhausted. It just gets richer. And, and, and I know that there are hills and valleys, right? Good times and bad times. But as you weather the storms together, the refined by fire quality of the love and of the knowledge and of the mystery of the people we live with only grows. 
Now, if that's true with human beings on earth, what about these great saints in heaven? We'll never get to the end of, of exploring the mystery of, of just each other in heaven, not to mention the infinite, eternal, triune God. So the, the, the mysteries, the vistas, the, uh, the uh, caverns of insight, the treasure trove of, of knowing and being known in heaven is, is glimpsed and, and we get a foretaste of it here on earth. And one of the ways we do is through the saints. And this is part of God's mission for them. Let me, let me talk more about this in a minute on Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you. So talking about kind of mysterious things here, right? On this great solemnity, this holy day of obligation called All Saints Day. And reflecting on this, I'm, I'm reflecting on the way that God has designed the world that he has created and designed the relationships that are part of the order that God has established. So you'll see a principle at work. It's called the chain of being, that there's this order that God has created, that has established in his creation, and even among uh, the many creatures that he has created. So for instance, in the angels, there are nine choirs of angels. And one of the principles that shows up in the theology and spirituality, this recognizing like, why are there these nine choirs? How are they different? How are they related? What difference does it make? There's a way in which the ordering of the angels from high to low is that what God reveals to the highest choir of angels, the seraphim, is then overflowed from them to the cherubim, and then from the cherubim to the thrones, and then from the thrones to the principalities, just down through the the nine choirs. There's this sense of God mediates through one what he intends to reveal to the other. God is not threatened by his own creatures. God delights in drawing his creatures into the work of revelation, communication, communion, manifestation, demonstration, all of those words. This is how God operates. And so we come to know who God the Father is, how? Through the revelation of the Son. It's through the Son who, uh, only through the Son that we come to know the Father. And it's the Son who beholds the face of the Father, right? So even in the Blessed Trinity, we have this idea of mediation. Uh, Theologically, it's called uh, mediated immediacy. I know that sounds like a, a contradiction. It's actually a paradox that somehow through the mediation of what God establishes, you come into immediate contact with God. <laughs> let's leave that mystery alone and let's keep taking a look at the way, the why this is important to us today on this feast. So if you look at Revelation chapter one, verse one, it says that God has a message that he intends for the churches to receive. The seven letters to the seven churches, chapters two and three, right? So God the Father has a message for each of these seven churches. 
And what it says is in, in Revelation 1.1 is that God, in order to communicate this message, has revealed this message to his son, through his son, to an angel who, no, to John, Jesus comes to John, who then uh, speaks to each of the angels of the churches, those are probably the bishops, the, the overseers of the churches, who then bring the message to the people. So you look at that chain of, of contact, uh, the chain of, of communication, it's God the Father, Jesus, angel, John, the bishops, the people. And it's just this whole flowing down through like dominoes, right? To be kind of a crass analogy. And God delights in that. God is not threatened by, God the Father is not threatened by the Son. The Son is not threatened by the angel that he sends. He's not, the, the angel's not threatened by John to, in terms of saying, you, you'll, you'll carry the message, right? And, and John's not afraid of the, uh, the, the, the bishops who are heads of these churches that they'll be faithful in carrying the message. And, uh, and, and then the bishops are going to bring the, finally bring the message to the people, like playing telephone. <laughs> the message comes through, and God delights in that. And so I, I want to I just briefly mention this about your life. You are going to be one of those messengers, one of those chains of communication you're going to carry God's message to someone today. God intended to reach that other person and God chose you. And it didn't come directly from God the Father to you, but it came through the Son, probably through the gift of the Spirit stirring in you. Maybe not even through you, maybe through someone else who said something to you. Maybe through me, when I discerned I was supposed to share this today and you heard it. So somehow God the Father had the Son stir the Spirit in me to bring this message out. You heard it, and now you're going to bump into somebody later, and you're going to say, aha, I've got a message. I've got a message for you. I thought it was for me. It was actually for you. Isn't that cool? It's, not, it's better than cool. It's amazing. It's, like a, it's a mission-based life. You can live your whole life like that. That, that can be the, the banner over your life is I want my life to be that microphone that the Lord uses to communicate and to demonstrate and manifest God's message, but God's light, God's love, God's care, all of that. You do that by fulfilling the duties of your state in life. So you do that in, in the home by how you raise your kids, how you love on your kids, how you raise your kids, how you educate and form your kids in the faith. You're, you're God's angel, Right? I'm speaking, I have that in quotes, right? I have that in quotes. But when I say that, hopefully it kind of sh- shocks you, disrupts the idea that I'm just doing the same old thing. No, there is no same old thing. It's a fresh new thing, a fresh new opportunity with a fresh new challenge that your kids are going to provide for you. And you're going to be asked to, to step up, step forward, make a response and say, Lord, here I am. I want to be available to you. I, I, here's a very cutesy example. Uh, just yesterday, I called up a, a mom of a student, uh, a woman, a, a young lady who plays basketball. And I said, hey there, hey Kathy, I'm calling. I said, I, I've got a message. I said, I'm actually, I'm not. She said, hi Tom. I said, no, I'm actually an angel sent from God. <laughs> she laughed. 
And I said, yeah, I've got a message. That's how, that's how important this message is. I'm elevating it beyond the status of Tom calling Kathy. This is actually a message from God. And so she again laughed. And, uh, but I, and, you know, we went from there in the conversation and it was a pretty cool conversation. But the point is that if you could like hold on to that idea that the things that you do in your day-to-day life are useful or when you make them available could become incredibly useful to the Lord as a source of support and encouragement and accountability for someone else living their life of faith, right? Like the way that I, I do real estate. So uh, why do I even help people buy and sell homes? How do Well, for me, it's I'm on a mission, I believe, sent from God. I want to help families flourish. And families that are trying to flourish are often in like challenging predicaments, sometimes happy and enjoyable and life-giving, and that's exciting, but often difficult and broken and confusing and distressing. And if in the context of my conversations with them about buying and selling a home, I can introduce a sense of faith being active a sense of let's pray and let's let's let the lord be at work here to bring peace let's let's see if the lord gives us light and opens a door or closes a door we don't have to force it let's trust in the lord what a gift right what a gift that's that's what makes me excited that's what makes me happy is this idea of performing the work that I am doing, whatever it is, when I'm on the radio, I'm talking in front of groups about faith, um, I'm helping the Chesterton Academy right now. Um, they're doing some amazing things. What a gift uh, they are. And and then the other groups that I'm helping, uh, you know, I'm helping some real estate agents, I'm helping some small business owners trying to navigate the challenges of, of their day-to-day lives right now. I, I want to be of service. I just want to be helpful. I, I want to, well, be an angel right? And, and stop and think about that. that. Doesn't that give your, doesn't that give your today a, a, like, an exciting, like, adventure quality to it? Like, who knows who God's going to bring in front of you today? The challenge that will, will come about and the gift that you can be. And so I, I really hope and pray that you will be open to that that God truly wants to use you on this All Saints Day to be his vessel of communication, a voice of his presence, a conduit of his power to be at work in your life. In the last section of the program, I'll talk about this, is a, an anniversary of my baptism in the Holy Spirit. It was on All Saints Day 39 years ago. Holy cow, that is a long time, 1984. All right, but before we get there, though, I, I, I want to focus on the saints. Focusing on the saints, because remember now that the communion of saints is where we're headed. We're headed to heaven, hope to God, right? That's the journey has that as a goal. And when we arrive in heaven, we have the two mysteries, the Blessed Trinity and the communion of saints. But here on earth, we are in the church militant. We're still battling. And in this battle that we face, we will often, if we have that sense of spiritual alertness, recognize that there are enemies 
of our journey to God, the world, the flesh, and the devil, right? The world, that's the, you know, the fallen world around us and the structures of sin and the sinful elements that have been sown into our society today and the culture of death and the tentacles that it has in various segments and sectors of society. Yeah, that's a battle. That's a battle that we are called upon to fight every day. The flesh, that's our fallen dimension, right, of our own lives, where sin is still at work in us, and we settle for less and succumb, and we repent and get back up. But there's also the devil, the realm of the demonic. And we see signs of that. And I think when we have a spiritual alertness, we can recognize that there are times and situations when we come to a sense, wait a minute, There's more than just ordinary brokenness happening here. This is kind of weird brokenness. This is is demonic. There's a spiritual attack happening. And we, you know, so many of us are ready to accept that. We're ready to acknowledge that there's the realm of the demonic, that there are demons that hate us, that are attempting to trip us up, deceive us, and, uh, and, and want to bind us up and, and keep us away from God and uh, strip us from our, our, the richness of the life we have with God. Well, if we can accept that, why wouldn't we accept the reality not only of the living Lord Jesus Christ, but of his saints? Yes, his angels, but today I'm talking about his saints. Right? You, you might have a devotion to your guardian angel. You might call upon your guardian angel. You might have a sense of, yeah, there are angels around me, but what about saints? I propose to you, and please, I want you to pray about this. God has saints for you. God has saints that he intended and wills to connect to you on your life journey. Patron saints, a patron of yours, someone who who is not, you know, someone who somehow, like, Jesus is grumpy, and so let me call upon St. Anthony to get me some help because Jesus is reluctant. No, no, remember, it's not like that. It's the other way around. God loves to elevate and celebrate and bring attention to his champions who lived these noble, heroic lives, not only to be examples to us now, but to lift them up in heaven and use them as conduits of blessings in our lives. And so I feel such a beautiful sense of connection to a number of saints. And I, I hope and pray that that's something that you will be open to, you'll pray about, you'll... Yeah, both of those, right? So so let's start with the one of like, pray about, well, who would be a saint that the Lord would connect to my life? Like, just ponder for a minute. It's not going to take you very long. When you do that, you're going to recognize, oh yes, of course, my name. Right? So your baptismal name. Many of you have baptismal names that are traced back to a saint. Now, some of you are have been given names that are traced back to a family member. But guess what? Most of those family member names are also the names of saints. And so for me, Thomas, I wasn't named after Thomas the Apostle or St. Thomas Aquinas. But let me tell you, as my faith woke up, I grew 
in my sense of devotion, first to St. Thomas the Apostle. So that was before I started studying theology. It was St. Thomas the Apostle doubting Thomas and asking him for faith. Asking St. Thomas the Apostle to pray for me. For 45 years, I've asked St. No, no, it'd be 30. Sorry, not 40 years. 39? What's 1982? 1983? Oh, that's 40 years. Yeah, so for 40 years, I've been asking St. Thomas the Apostle to pray for me, to be with me, to, to be my advocate and my intercessor. Because it's not an accident that my name is Thomas. And the, that the Lord would connect me to him is a gift to me. It's a gift to me. It's like, I can't wait to meet Thomas. St. Anthony is my, Anthony's my middle name, and Anthony is a saint that was very, um, that was center, central in the devotion of my family's life, St. Anthony of Padua. I love St. Anthony. I've called upon St. Anthony for, again, the same. And then my confirmation name was Paul, St. Paul. All right, back in a minute. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. So welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you. If you're enjoying these programs, I do, I would appreciate you going to mycatholicfaith.org. When you go to mycatholicfaith.org, you can sign up for the podcast. You can get access to the podcast of all of these programs, as well as get access to free resources, free digital downloads of audio, um, of, uh, uh, of presentations I've done, of videos, of talks I've given, as well as of books I've written. You can get digital versions of those, all for the cost of free. That's right. My attempt to be of service to you to help you grow in faith. All Saints Day, I want to help you grow in faith. Talking about the saints as a means of connecting us more fully to heaven. Just before the break, I'm talking about the reality that these saints in heaven just might be chosen for you. This is not just my idea. Just for instance, last night, we had a bunch of folks over. The kids went trick-or-treating together, then came back to the house, and we had a wonderful time together hanging out and visiting. And I threw out this idea to one of the moms. And I said to her, I said, hey, it's All Saints Day. I'm talking about this sense of friendship, this sense of communication that exists between heaven and earth, between the saints and us. And so I said to her, I said, is there a saint that you would consider yourself having a relationship with? She said, yes, absolutely. Not even, just like that. I said, who? She said, St. Rita. St. Rita of Kasha. St. Rita the Wonder Worker. St. Rita was someone who experienced a, um, a very peculiar or unique manifestation of sharing in the passion of Christ. She didn't have the visible stigmata, but she did have 
a, a manifestation of a thorn, one of the thorns uh, that uh, in the crown of thorns she had in her forehead. And it caused her tremendous pain and suffering all the time. And she offered it up for the salvation of her loved ones and of souls, sharing in Christ's redemptive suffering. Anyways, the, uh, the point is that she was also, she's the saint of like miraculous situations. Like Again, the wonder worker. So she said, absolutely. She said, St. Rita the wonder worker, me and my husband, we prayed, we asked for her intercession. And she said, I got a, a relic of hers, a first-class relic of St. Rita of Kasha. And I thought that was beautiful. Like, what a beautiful sign. What a, what a beautiful signal from heaven that the Lord is saying, that's right. I have connected St. Rita of Kasha to you. Count on her prayers. Count on her intercession for you. And I just love that. I just think that that is a beautiful way that we get this sense. And so I said, hey, where did this come from? Like, do you, can you remember the person who told you about her? Did you read a story about her? Did you hear a talk about her? Like, how did St. Rita come to you? And the interesting thing was, she doesn't remember the, let's call it the originating source. It was, there was nothing that was striking about that except that she had this sense of connection with St. Rita. And then she said, oh, and there's one more, St. Anthony. And she mentioned in particular her husband had a sense of relationship, a connection with St. Anthony of Padua. And I had to raise my hand and say, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. St. Anthony's pretty busy with me, okay? So <laughs> I did not say that. So she talked about a time when he, her husband, was struggling with lower back pain and hip pain, and it was pretty serious. And he, in particular, asked for St. Anthony to intercede for him, and he experienced a healing. But not only a healing, a, a tangible sense, like this felt sense of a hand on him and sort of the, some kind of grace just sort of washing over him. And he experienced a healing. So when I, when I, share, those, I share those stories with you, just to say that there are probably more instances than you realize of the saints being assigned, being assigned by God to be mediators of the good things that the Lord has in store for us. Isn't that beautiful? It's, it's, like, the, it's like the saints become the servants or the waiters. Right? God's the cook. <laughs> God's the cook. And he has a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful meal to serve up to you. And he's going to put it in the hands of the, of the waiter or the waitress. And they're going to come out and they're going to present it to you. And who's the one who knows the need and the hunger? Well, that's the chef. Who's the one that makes the food? It's the chef. Who's the one that, that points to and says, deliver this to them? It's the chef, right? 
But who's the one that does the delivering? It's the servant. It's the waiter. It's the waitress. And that's not a bad thing. The chef's not threatened by the waiter or the waitress coming back and saying, look what I did. I made the food. I, I prepared it. I presented it uh, on the plate. No, no, no. That, that, that doesn't happen. And that's a, a way of understanding the, the, the service that the saints are providing as assigned by God, connected to us. God has good things for our lives. And as we ask, the Lord wants us to, to look to these saints, to call upon these saints, to intercede with Jesus, through Jesus, in Jesus, to the Father, for heavenly blessings to come pouring down. We're members of the body of Christ. The heavenly members of the body of Christ do only what the head wills. They do it perfectly. And one of their great missions on earth, one of their tasks and calls on earth, uh, from heaven, is to do what Jesus is doing. Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us, to give good gifts to us. And so what are the saints doing? They're not just watching Jesus. They're doing what he is doing. Not separate from, independent of, radically apart from, no. Through, with, and in Jesus, the members of the body are doing what the head is doing. So let's not be nervous. Let's not be like mentally put off about this idea that somehow the saints are robbing our attention to Jesus or diverting our devotion to, to God. No, in fact, what happens when we come to know these saints better? Well, if there's a particular saint that, let's say, gets brought to your attention, gets brought before you in your life, like maybe St. Rita of Kasha, maybe when you heard that name, you said, oh, wait a minute, I think that's for me. I think she's for me. And if, if that's true, well, what are you going to do? You're going to go look up some stuff about St. Reader of Kasha. You're going to go figure out or find out, is, is in fact the saint for me, Lord? And if so, let me go get some more information about St. Rita's life, about her family, about what she endured. Let me read some of her letters or look up some accounts of miracles that she performed. And what's going to happen to your life? You're going to get to know her better. And as a result of that, well, a couple of things will happen. Number one, you're really most likely going to be inspired. You're going to get uh, an encouragement. You're going to, well, you're going to probably feel pretty small <laughs> compared to the life that these saints have lived. And to think about it, the way that the church refers to the process by which these saints become saints for the church, it's called canonization. Do you know what that canon is? I'll tell you in a minute, because it's pretty striking. Back in a minute, Sound Insight.
Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So where this is going, by the way, is we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you that the Lord would give you a sense of the saints that he has for you. This is exciting. This is going to be a new day. This is going to be a new, uh, maybe a new sense of connecting heaven and earth in your life. I love that. That's really awesome. So canonization. When someone is canonized, it gets traced back to that word canon. And, and a canon is a standard. It's, 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 it's the bar. It's the bar that we are striving for. Basically, saints live a standard Christian life. <laughs> we tend to think of them as living this extraordinary, way beyond our approach, way beyond what we could possibly even ever imagine or hope for. Nope canonized. The saints are, are, are the standard. That's what we are to strive for. So when we read the lives of saints, guess what? We're going to be stirred. We're going to be moved. We're going to be encouraged. We're going to get, get a sense of, of a zeal to want to grow in holiness and to live for God, to do what God wants. The second thing is, is as we get to know, know these saints better, through reading their writings, studying their teachings, learning about their life. Uh, not only are we going to be blessed by that, but we also get to know them better. And what will happen, I'm going to encourage you to, to imagine this, if it seems foreign to you now, is you, you'll begin to have an interior dialogue with these saints. And maybe even outwardly when you're by yourself, say something to the saint you will gain a, a, intuition might not be the right word, but this interior sense or sensitivity that in special moments, this or that saint is present. I, I remember one particular time. It was in 1990, no, 1980. 1985. I went. I was in the summer of '85. I um, went to Italy with my brother, and when we landed, we ended up being in a place uh, in northern Italy where my mom was in the house where she um, grew up, and it was in Pinzolo, Italy. And that night, I was on my knees praying, and I had this sense of the presence and the like participation in my prayer of St. Catherine of Siena. I, I'm not saying that happens often. I'm not saying that that thing happens regularly. But I am saying that there, there is this gift that the Lord will give you that you'll have a sense that a particular saint sees you, knows you, and by God's command, will, and mission, is involved in your life. I started mentioning the saints that were connected to my name, St. Thomas, St. Anthony, and St. Paul, my confirmation name. St. Paul has been, for me, a very special saint who, in different seasons of my life, I've felt a very particular nearness to him. That was, I would say, probably in those times, in that season in my life where I was traveling a lot, speaking at evangelization conferences, and very directly doing the work of 
evangelizing, proclaiming the gospel, spreading faith in Jesus Christ, helping Catholics come alive in faith. And in that particular season, that saint was very meaningfully connected to my life. What I ended up doing, and you can follow whatever practice you want, but on the inside cover of my breviary when I was in the seminary, I started writing down the names. Let's call it my communion of saints page. Because it wasn't only the saints in heaven, but it was the people on earth that I was praying for. And so I, my mom and my dad, my brothers and my sisters, and then when they got married, their spouses, and then other people that were like strongly connected to my life at that time, friends in particular, and then other seminarians, and then those that had become priests, and then priests that were very important in my life. And, and the list just continued to grow. And alongside that list were saints, saints that I had felt a sense of personal connection with and a sense of devotion, affection for them. And so, of course, number one was the Blessed Mother. And then after Thomas, Anthony, and Paul, there was Catherine and Joseph and then others from there. But I I share that with you just to say, if it sounds foreign, if it sounds odd or awkward, I'm going to encourage you just to go for it today. Just go for it. And let me pray for you. Here's my prayer. I'm going to pray for you that the Lord would give you a sense of immediate sense of connection to a particular saint, a saint uh, that, that some name that would come to you. And you don't have to try to like figure it out. Is this really it or this really it? No, just like in the moment, the one who pops up, just trust that and ask that saint to start praying for you. And as you start communicating with that saint, see what shows up next. See if there's a particular intention that appears or if there's an answered prayer or if there's a redirection in how it is you're praying. You just might find that these saints in heaven that see you and know you, when you start asking them to get involved in your life, they get involved in your life. And I just love that idea that all of a sudden, what really becomes that important to us, what really matters is aimed towards heaven and not towards the things of this earth, which are concrete and tangible and so often hold sway. So please pray with me and just be open. I'm going to do it too. I'm going to do it for myself to see if there's a a new saint that the Lord or a saint that, that has been in my life that the Lord is drawing my attention back to. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' holy name, we come before you on this feast of all saints. And we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, through which we cry out, Abba, Father. And so, Abba, Father, Daddy, we look to you today, and we say thank you for the gift of the saints. Thank you, Lord, for gracing these holy men and women down through 2,000 years for living lives that have honored you, that have glorified your Son, that have been heroic champions of living the faith in their moment. We love you, Lord, for the gift of the saints. But Lord, we want today on this Feast of All Saints a new, a more intimate, a fresh connection 
with a saint that you will us to know. Lord, we know that there are saints that you have put uh, you have put on a mission. You've given them uh, a, a part to play in our lives, in my life. And so, Lord, I ask right now on behalf of, in the place of, and for the sake of each of these dear ones who are listening to me right now, Lord, our God, please reveal to us who that saint is. Lord, reveal to us. Let it be clean. Let it be clear. Let it be quick. Who is it, Lord? We say yes to receiving the gift of that saint in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of the saints. Thank you, Lord, for giving us a a new sense of connection and friendship with the saints. In accord with your will, Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, did somebody show up? Was there, you know, somebody in your mind, in your imagination? Did a name? Did a fragment of a name? Uh, Did some image? Someone from your past? Who was it? Who was it that showed up? Uh, What name? And go with that. Go with that and see if, uh, in fact, the Lord has a, a saint for just such a time as right now. And so the Lord gave me a name, and it's the name of someone that I, I don't know. I've never heard of. So after the program, I'm going to look up this saint and, and see, it, was I listening correctly or was I off? Because our discernment is something that we must refine and, uh, and, and perfect and mature in. And so maybe my listening was off. And if it is, I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying till I get a sense of, you know what, this is the saint or the saints. It might be more than one. It might be a flood of two, three, four, five saints that the Lord is saying, oh, I have been waiting. I've got a whole family of saints ready to flood into your life who are just standing by available to be interceding for you. And they're going to be serving up some good things, serving up some incredible blessings to your life. Just you wait and see. I love that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, last comment. Today's also the 39th anniversary of my baptism in the Holy Spirit. It was after the All Saints Day Mass where I was in the seminary, November 1st, 1984. I went to the cathedral. The thing that stuck out to me was that I got to be the uh, the um, the uh, uh, cross bearer. I got to carry the, the cross in the liturgy. And then afterwards, we went to a young adult prayer meeting where the priest and uh, the priest prayed over me for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for a deeper release and empowerment with the Holy Spirit. Changed my life. It did. The gifts and graces given to me in baptism and confirmation that I had received, but not yet fully yielded to, that was the beginning of the yielding and empowerment of the Holy Spirit at a whole new level. And it transformed so much. That was called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I thank God for the the gift he gave to me on that day 39 years ago. God bless your day. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.